Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 10th of August 2012. Newcomers, I always suggest that you look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and make good use of it because there's a lot of audios there for download for free and I go through the system you're born into and your parents and grandparents were born into uh, and they didn't know it was what was happening either at the time because we're so well controlled by an institution basically that took over a long, long time ago. They run your governments across the world. They, they run the big corporations across the world. It's a massive cartel, you might say, but it's also made up of academia and uh, social scientists, etc., and geopoliticians because they want to take over. It's very simple take over the world, all of its resources, and run it in a, an orderly fashion. And, of course, that also means altering all of society, your cultures, on the way down, and that brought us right down to the bottom at the moment, and then refiguring it all from the start. And, of course, what really happens in the world is, is, seldom makes the news. That What really, really happens is all spun by professionals who all work for this big institution because they're all members of it, in fact. And, of course, I'm talking about the Royal Institute for International national affairs and its branches, Council on Foreign Relations, and they've got branches in Germany. Every country in the world have got branches, and they put in the prime ministers and the presidents, have done for 100 years. They cause the wars across the world, and they profit from them too, naturally, because they, as I say, they also have guys who are the CEOs of big corporations. So it's quite simple. Once you really understand it, and you go through some of the people who blew the whistle on it a long time ago, and those involved in setting up the world structure, because they're books are out there. And nobody reads them because they're boring, they're dry, but they do give you little paragraphs here and there of what they were up to, to do with altering all of society. And until they got a, pop- a population, really, who wouldn't care what news they were given uh, because they would be disinterested in being ruled. That's happened already. So help yourself to the website. Remember, too, that you are the audience that bring me to you. You can support me by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use personal checks or international postal money orders. You can use PayPal or you can send cash. And across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal. And straight donations are really, really seriously welcome in these times of inflation and, and so on. It's going on, especially in Canada here. They, they never talk about it in Canada. I used to walk into the, the stores, the grocery stores, and you see your, your food doubling every, every couple of months here. Well... What's happening right now in the world is, is not the end of, of this part of the, the plan. They've still got the whole of the Muslim countries across the world to bring under the thumb, the rule of thumb, and demolish eventually the whole idea of the Muslim um, religion because it's not just a religion, it's also their culture. 
and it's how all their laws uh, pertain to their, to their actual countries they live in, etc. It's lasted awfully well, did awfully good for a long, long time. But of course, the big boys themselves, Richard Pearl, for instance, talked in 2001 about it, how uh, the, the Muslim culture wouldn't simply fit in with this new world order they were bringing in, this global governmental type of conquest. And other, other members of the Council on Foreign Relations Trilateral Commission have also said the same. They're generally careful these, that when they say these things, it's not leaked into the press. But once in a while, you can go into their own websites and the clubs they belong to and get bits of it. So they do let the cats out of the bag. And um, for those who aren't so dumbed down and who do follow what's going on or try to follow what's going on through all the misinformation, disinformation and spins of the counterintelligence and all the rest of it because that's who gives you your media. That's why Reuters gives you pretty well every, every paper in the world is, is news. It's all been standardized from one source basically. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and people have short memories, and when something nasty happens, and especially with the government, because they're trained to really believe, we're all trained to believe that your government's the best government that ever existed in the world. Even when you're wiping off all the dirt, you still think it's the best government, and it's quite amazing. But that's the way that everyone's trained, of course, it's a perfectly um, understood technique that they've used for thousands of years, how to make you cry with certain sounds and anthems and things, and symbols, etc. That's all they need to, to, to start using when they want you to go off to war, to fight for well, plunder that the big boys take, things like that. But um, people forget the Iran-Contra affair and the, the drugs for guns scandal that went on there. And, of course, it went right to the top of the tree during investigations. And, and Ollie North, of course, uh, even had all the, the top uh, CIA boys around about him, all the lawyers, uh, telling him what to say, what not to say, and, and, and telling the, the, the inquirers, you can't ask these questions for reasons of national security. And of course, there's nothing new in that, because governments have been at this for an awful long time. They don't want, do you understand, the whole trick works by making you believe your government is good. That's a whole trick. It's, it's the first trick you've got to pull off. And Britain did that too, of course, Britain and, and the US, I mean, many of those dynasties in Britain and the dynasties in the U.S., uh, when they were trying to take over China at one point, uh, were taking bales and bales of opium by by ship. And, uh, uh, of course, they, they were to, to, to basically bring drugs into China so that they'd be... But you, what you've got to do is make the people destitute. The ordinary folk, you've got to make it all dysfunctional. You can do it by sex, you can do it by drugs. There's different ways to do it, and they've been at this for centuries, doing this kind of con and trick, etc. So drugs are awfully important, all done through the ages when you want to destroy folk, even the people who who you're presiding over, because, you, again, you've trained them to think that you're the good guys, but you've got their plans for them. You see, you also do it domestically. And when you do domestically, then you have the outcry, oh my God, we need more cops, we need more, need more of this for, for all these drug problems that we've got today. So they always cause the drug problems, and then they get a massive army within in the country, and it's really an army they call the police. 
Anyway, this article here, of course, is about the, the Fast and Furious uh, scandal that came out. It says a high-ranking Mexican drug cartel member makes explosive allegations that Fast and Furious is not what you think it is. Well, I'm sure he's probably right, because it never will be what the mainstream will give you since they all work for the, for the feds, basically. A high-ranking Mexican drug cartel operative currently in the U.S. custody is making startling allegations that the failed federal gun-walking gun operation, that's gun-peddling, basically, they were breaking all the guns into Mexico, by the government. The U.S. government was doing this, right? And it's called Fast and Furious, was the term they applied to the operation. It isn't what you think it is. It wasn't about tracking guns. It was about supplying them. And I'm sure that's dead on. I'm sure it's dead on all part of an elaborate agreement between the U.S. government and Mexico's powerful uh, Sinaloa cartel to take down rival cartels. Well, you see, your government, if you've watched it for years, and every government's the same, Britain's the same, uh, they're monopolists and everything. Uh, The the boys who come out of it as the CEOs going into politics are also monopolists, and the government itself are monopolists. The whole world order is monopoly. It's the whole idea of the world order, a monopolization of the entire planet and every country underneath it. So we're going through a big monopolistic scheme. But it says here, the explosive allegations have been made by Jesus Vincente Zambada Niebla, known as the Sinola Cartel's logistics coordinator. He was extradited to Chicago last year to face federal drug charges. Zambada Niebla claims that under a divide-and-conquer strategy, and that's very typical of this whole system for world order. I've mentioned before that the Royal Institute for International Affairs runs Britain. It runs the world, actually, and all the media, all of the media. And it comes from foreign relations branch. The Americans are used to, as a name for the same organization, have been at this too. So the divide and conquer, they used to call it also balance of power, even before the Cold War. Uh, they would often put up a country, a small country, next to a big one. They'd arm the small country, at, and then they'd, they'd get uh, fights going. So the small country would go to war with them, take down the big country. And then when the, when the small country now was the, the, the chief honcho, they'd take them down as well. And you, so we keep everybody flattened, in other words. But you always divide and conquer. Right down to even social things within society, you do it all, they do it all the time, every day. In the newspapers, they're dividing and conquering is to create more subgroups and even multi-gender groups and everything else. It's all divide and conquer. But says the U.S. helped finance and arm this NOLA cartel through Operations Fast and Furious in exchange for information that allowed the DEA, the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and other federal agencies to take down rival drug cartels. The Sonola cartel was allegedly permitted to traffic massive amounts of drugs across the U.S. border from 2004 to 2009 during both Fast and Furious and Bush-era gun-running operations, as long as the intel kept coming. Uh, this pending court case against Zambada Niebla is being closely monitored by some members of Congress who expect potential legal ramifications if any of his claims are substantiated. The trial was delayed, but it's now scheduled to begin on October the 9th. Zambada Niebla is reportedly a close associate of Sonola cartel kingpin Jacqueline El Chapo Guzman and the son of Ismael Mayo Zambada Garcia, both of them which remain fugitives, likely because of the deal made with the DEA. The DEA. 
Based on the alleged uh, agreements, the Sonola cartel, under leadership of defendant's father, Ismail Zambada Niebla and Chapel Guzman, were given carte blanche to continue to smuggle tons of illicit drugs into Chicago and the rest of the U.S. and were also protected uh, by the United States government from arrest and prosecution in return for providing information against rival cartels which helped Mexican and United States authorities capture or kill thousands of rival cartel members. States a motion for discovery filed in U.S. District Court by Zambada Niebla's attorney, July 2011. A source in Congress who spoke to the blaze on the condition of anonymity said that some top congressmen and our congressional investigators have been keeping an eye on the case. Another two members of Congress both lead fast and furious congressional investigation, I guess they're both investigators for fast and furious, told the paper they had never ever even heard of the case. But this will go nowhere because if the feds are doing this, which they probably are, you see, then it'll go absolutely nowhere and this guy will just get put in prison or, or bumped off in prison or even before he gets in. One of the congressmen who also spoke to the blaze and the, the conditions of anonymity said, because criminal proceedings are still ongoing, called the allegations disturbing. Well, this is just their PR that they always say. That's what comes out of politicians' mouths. You know, it's most disturbing. He said, Congress will likely get involved once Zimbabwe Niebla's trial has concluded if any compelling information surfaces. Congress won't get involved in really any criminal case until the trial is over and the smoke has cleared, he added. So... I wouldn't hold your breath on it because they've been smuggling drugs in for, it's part of the, the system now for, for dividing and conquering even within the United States and causing all the trouble. And of course they just keep getting get more and more cops that they get right in from the military, they recruit them and they all these special divisions now for raiding people's homes. It's, that's how you build up an internal army for a different purpose and that's what we're going through is for a different purpose. But you've got to have something to blame it on of course. So, U.S. spy operation that manipulates social media. Now, people are, you know, in this, today's articles that have been coming across here, they're up in arms about the fact that they're, they're getting manipulated, like they haven't heard about it before. It's always news. Every two years it's news. The same articles are news to them. It just astonishes me. And it says the military's sock puppet software creates fake online identities to spread to American propaganda, or pro-American propaganda. And this is from March uh, 2011. This is one of, the, one of the first articles that went mainstream, although that article's out in 1999. But every time it comes out, so there's another article out today from another paper, so it's the first time I've heard of it, and my God, they're actually working on it, and they're actually arresting people now in different countries who are uploading stuff they shouldn't be and stuff like that. So I'll put this article from the, the first one that came out over a year ago uh, from The Guardian up, uh, to show you it's not news at all, but it says that um, Petraeus has previously said uh, U.S. online psychological operations are aimed at countering extremist ideology and propaganda. And the U.S. military is developing software that will let it secretly manipulate social media sites by using fake online personas to influence Internet conversations and spread pro-American propaganda. It's not pro-American, it's pro-government. It's a different agenda altogether. A Californian corporation has been awarded a contract with U.S. Central Command, which oversees U.S. armed operations in the Middle East and Central Asia, to develop what's known as an online persona management service that will allow one U.S. serviceman or woman to control up to ten separate identities based all over the world. But what they do also is go into all forums and everything, and all forums are, are, are already infiltrated, folks. In fact, these organizations often set up the forums in the first place. 
You understand? And they collect all the data. You don't have to uh, ask the ISP provider for, for all the names and so on. All you do, it all gets trunked through the same, same services. And they just simply take it from the trunks, all the stuff coming in to an organization to get everyone who's involved. But also they put on in their own guys to to start to, the, the debates, as they call it, put your arguments, etc., 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 and turn it around to being pro-propaganda for uh, the U.S. government's policies. Old, old stuff. And they have sock puppets too, these false online personalities. Old stuff, but some, some sites have hit it again today so it's like it's brand new or something, so they have no memory. Anyway, uh, it says here, the, the government agency that designs and operates surveillance satellites for the U.S. armed forces and domestic agencies like the Department of Homeland Security. They've got stacks of them up there, the Department of Homeland Security. Said it successfully launched three or four satellites that planned to put it in orbit in 2012. The U.S. National Reconnaissance Office, the government organization that designs and operates intelligence gathering surveillance satellites for policymakers and military forces, says the latest launch was successfully completed on June the 29th, while the last is still planned. Now, they've been putting these things up since Reagan's day, and probably before. Nothing to do with the Cold War during Reagan's day. It was all to do with today and spying on all of you. That's why it was all getting done. All that time ago. Back with more after this. Folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. As I was saying, that during the Reagan era, the Star Wars scenario, they were putting a lot of stuff up there, and it was nothing to do with the Soviet Union. They already knew when the Soviet Union would, would supposedly collapse as it merged with the West, just as that, they knew that from the 1950s, because, as I said, the Rees Commission that was put out by the, the, the Congress to find out why these big foundations, the ones that really run the world, owned by the big top international moneylenders, um, and do all this charitable work, you know, they run every NGO across the planet, why they were so, it seems to be promoting communism within the United States. And of course, we're told by the head of these charitable foundations like the Ford, Carnegie and the rest of them, that their, their plan was to, to merge the Soviet system with that of the West and seamlessly, basically. And, and, and so, so easily that people would adapt and adapt until they were actually in it and wouldn't know it themselves. So back in the 50s, they knew what the plan was. So, you know, uh, all the stuff that Reagan was putting up was, was just uh, was for, for today. That's how far ahead they plan everything. They knew where they'd, where they'd take the U.S. by at that time, and uh, they were right on with it. That's why all that stuff was put up there that they haven't even used yet. Some, some of the applications and things that they're, they're going to give you, um, they've not given you yet. But the things were up there for 20 years. I'm not kidding you. That's how it works. Anyway, they're still putting stuff up, and it says uh, the U.S. National Reconnaissance Office and government organization that designs and operates intelligence gathering surveillance satellites for policymakers and military forces said the latest launch was successfully completed June 29th. The United Launch Alliance, the group that handles the launch operations for the satellite, says NRO's last launch, NROL-36, is slated for August the 14th had been delayed because of range and instrumentation problems at Vanderburg Air Force Range in California. And um, it said here they just didn't disclose specific details of payloads. No, they won't. And when they do, it's all nonsense. 
It says a statement of the Office of the Director of National Intelligence website explained NRO systems provide support for a myriad of critical surveillance duties, including monitoring weapons, mass destruction, tracking international terrorists, drug traffickers, and criminal organizations, developing highly accurate military targeting data and bomb damage assessment, supporting international peacekeeping and humanitarian relief operations. Peace member is absence of war, meaning of one. Uh, it says, and uh, it's also assessing the impact of natural disasters and yada, yada, yada. I'll put that up tonight too. And we'll see where, how, where that goes. And also, there's another article to do with this, it says here, uh, from the Washington Times. It says, U.S. military officers are, are told to plan to fight Americans. The Civil War of 2016. And... Strange to have this out in the mainstream, but it says, imagine Tea Party extremists seizing control of a South Carolina town and the army being sent in to crush the rebellion. This farcical vision is now part of the discussion in professional military circles. At issue is an article in the respected Wall Street Journal titled, Full Spectrum Operations in the Homeland, A Vision of the Future. Written by retired Army Colonel Kevin Benson of the Army's University of Foreign Military and Cultural Studies at Fourth Leavenworth, uh, and it says, and Jennifer Weber, a Civil War expert at the University of Kansas, it posits an extremist militia motivated by the goals of the Tea Party movement, seizing control of Darlington, South Carolina in 2016, occupying City Hall, disbanding the City Council, and placing the mayor under house arrest. The rebels set up checkpoints on Interstate 95 and Interstate 20 looking for illegal aliens. It's a cartoonish and needlessly provocative scenario. Uh, says the article is a choppy patchwork of doctrinal jargon and liberal nightmare. Says the authors make a quasi-legal case for military action and then apply the army's operating concept 2016 to 2028 to the situation. That's the concept 2016-2028. And um, it says they write bloodlessly uh, that once it's put into play, Americans will expect the military to execute with a pause and as professionally as if it were acting overseas. They claim that the army cannot disappoint the American people, especially in such a moment, not pausing to consider that using such efficient deadly force against U.S. citizens would create a monumental political backlash and severely erode government legitimacy. The vision is hard to take seriously, as retired Army Brigadier General Russell D. Howard, a former professor at West Point, observed earlier in his career. He says, I'm a colonel. Colonels write a lot of crazy stuff, but no one listens to colonels, so I don't see the problem. Twenty years ago, then Air Force Lieutenant Colonel Charles uh, J. Dunlop, Jr., created a stir with an article in Parameters, that's a military magazine, titled The Origins of the American Military Coup of 2012. It carried a disclaimer that the coup scenario was purely a literary device intended to dramatize my concern over certain contemporary developments affecting the armed forces and is emphatically not a prediction. The scenario presented in Small Wars Journal isn't a literary device but an operational laydown intended to present the rationale and mechanisms for Americans to fight Americans. Colonel Benson and Ms. Weber contend Army officers are professionally obligated to consider the conduct of operations on U.S. soil. It's a dark, pessimistic, and wrong-headed view of what military leaders should spend their time studying. Well, this is pretty standard stuff, actually. All countries do it. Britain does it, too. 
And for the folk who were looking at, uh, they've seen the movie Threads, the documentary. Uh, it's also a, a kind of a dramatization, but a documentary goes with it. Uh, they had all that planned during Thatcher's era of the takeover of Britain, etc. Total martial law and using the U.S. troops and British troops to, to enforce it on the British people. So they all do this all the time. Because you understand the first law of government is preservation of the government itself. Not the country, or you. <laughs> Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and talking about this civil war within America that the, the military uh, boys have come up with. They have to always have these agendas ready for when the big day comes. Cause it seems that they do know there's a big day coming. That's why they've ordered millions and millions of, of uh, military um, uh, rounds into the country for, for domestic use, obviously, it's for homeland security. And you, they're, they're, they're recruiting like crazy. Um, there's so many departments now, you can't even call them police anymore. There's so many special divisions and et cetera, et cetera. That's called the multi-jurisdictional task forces. That's what they call them in Canada as well. In, in preparation for the big day. And it seems they want a big day because they've been preparing it for, for 20 years or more. <laughs> anyway, it says, a professor at the Joint Forces Staff College was relieved of duty in June for uttering the heresy that the United States was at war with Islam. Well, it wasn't a heresy. The heresy was, in fact, it, was, it wasn't supposed to make it known. They're supposed to pretend like marketers do or, you know, PR and uh, say, say it in a different way. You know, radical extremists would have been okay. The Obama administration contended the professor had to be relieved because he was teaching, what he was teaching was not U.S. policy, but it is policy. You know, because there's no disclaimer attached to the small wars piece, it's, a, it's fair to ask, at least in Colonel Benson's case, whether his views reflect the official policy regarding the use of U.S. military force against American citizens. Now, as I say, look at all the ammo they're bringing in. That's from the government websites, the purchases that they're making right now. Massive amounts. This is for a war. But it's not for overseas. It's for homelands, uh, the homeland security bunch. You have to think for yourselves. Remember what Albert Pike said? He says those who do, remember Albert Pike was an elitist and, um, masonry was always, always a, a Masonic front for something else. And he said that, uh, those who won't use their own intellect, their own intellect, not someone else's intellect or, or some news reporter's intellect, but your own, their own intellect. He says, if they won't use their own intellect, intellect then they are um, meat on the table or stick on the table and beasts of burden by choice and consent. If you won't use your own intellect and your own awareness and come to your own conclusions, that's what you are, a beast of burden by choice and consent. And everything is legalistically that in this country, in every country, because every government is a corporation, remember. It literally is a private corporation. And everything is contractual law underneath all of that, right down to how you behave inside that, according to the agreements that are made between you and the government. That's actually from the government to you, because they make all the agreements. So continuity of government, of course, is the prime concern of all governments, because they are the establishment, or they stand and they're put in by the establishment, the ones who already own your country, lock, stock and barrel. 
So I'll put this article up tonight too for those who might be interested in put a yawn out or something and can't quite imagine it. And this article here is to do, again, with the, the cultural degradation. You'd never hear of this a few years back, but you'd understand there's a war upon you. There's been a war upon you since you were born, before you were born, and your parents too, to destroy the culture so that you don't have a, a unified culture. If when you don't have that, you can't stand together and, and agree on and to do anything about anything at all. You have so many factions all fighting each other and arguing, oh, no, etc. I won't help you out there. But common culture, with a, even a common religion. Remember, it's strange enough. I mean, folk hate religion because they've been trained to hate religion. And and they throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, they really do. And and yet, religion is the one thing that they feared. And all their books, they're all books. You know, uh, they're all, they're all the top boys said that. Even Stalin said that the only thing that they feared was was a, a religious revival that would unify the public and make them stand up against whatever, whatever, even home, domestically or overseas. You see? That's the one thing they were terrified of. And that's out of the picture now. That will never happen because it's totally controlled. Religion has totally been totally controlled for many, 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 many years by the big boys at the top. But they're not worried about people who just yell or, or scream or, or complain. That doesn't do anything. Complain isn't official. When you say something isn't official, there's no, nothing official done about complaining. So you're allowed to let off steam by complaining, you see. It's a safety valve. But this article here shows you how the degradation of culture, there's so much of it really. I mean, I've read articles last few nights about it too, and how, how the destruction of the family unit, the, the destruction of all forms of decency, the, the destruction even of the safety of children, it's all out the window now, it's all done. And it says, cops strip and search mum and forcibly pull a tampon out of her for perhaps rolling through a stop sign. And it says, getting pulled over for rolling through a stop sign is whack, but getting pulled over, having a gun pointed in your face, that's America today, you see. That is America today. And then being stripped searched on the side of the road in front of your two children for rolling through a stop sign is, well, really whack and probably an excess use of force. At least that's what a new lawsuit in the Sunshine State is claiming. Last July, Leila uh, Tarantino claimed she was pulled over by an officer with the Citrus Country or County's Sheriff's Department. And the suit Tarantino says she came to a full stop and should have never been pulled over in the first place. A passing cop pulled a U-turn, flashed the lights and rolled up behind her. Tarantino claims that the cop immediately drew his weapon, pulled her from the car and refused to explain why he pulled her over. Her two young children watched all of this unfold from inside the car. And then he placed Tarantino in the back of the squad car where she allegedly sat for two hours. When backup arrived, Tarantino was strip searched on the side of the road where passing motorists could see everything. Well, that is the new America. Let's be, let's be honest about it. Look at the, 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 the trash you've watched for years called entertainment. A whole generation's been raised on this stuff. And video games and where the guy who kills everybody is, is the winner and all that matters is being a winner and having big weapons and, and authority. This is then in a gruesome twist, a female officer forcibly removed a tampon. You know, the cops were looking for drugs, but the lawsuit notes that a drug-sniffing dog was never called in, and cops never found any contraband or anything illegal. It doesn't, uh, doesn't name the cops involved, but notes that there were five male officers and one female officer. According to the court filings, the cops released Tarantino with a citation. 
And I've got the copy of the lawsuit on here too. I'll put this up tonight for those who can stomach it because this is everyday stuff now. It's just degradation. And that's what you've got to do for total, total conflict, you see, is utter degradation of the culture and the people and, and to a helpless state. And that's what they're, they're doing here. And you know, we all accept it, mind you, because you go along with the same system and you still vote for, for, for the same system. That's what you do when you vote. Just no matter who you vote in, remember, everyone who's elected to become president, as, as uh, Carl Quigley and others have said, they work for the guys who select them, all belong to the Council on Foreign Relations. So the same agenda goes forward anyway. And um, another article, too, to do with uh, CO2, etc., and this other big con. Remember what Hitler said, too, when you're going to pull, pull a, a con on the public, make sure it's a big one. It's even if you tell a lie, make sure it's a big lie. People understand small lies, you see, because they, they might do it themselves. But the big ones, they say, oh, I, I would never do that. That's too, oh, that's too, you know. And, and so they, so, so they, they, they accept it. And the whole idea, of course, with this, this, uh, big, this CO2 carbon trading, all right, so apart from eating billions for the big corporations in the first place, who, who back up the green parties to get it all through, because they make massive profits off it all, doing nothing, just passing credits among themselves and betting on them. Uh, it's, a, it's a major must-be. It's a must-be be, uh, agenda. And that's why they got the whole world into it. And also to get you down into austerity because all your extra cash, cash in a post-consumer society is to go to fees and basic standards of living, just keeping yourself alive, basically. That's the future they have planned for you. So all this CO2 stuff and all the arguments they come up with, they're all nonsense. They're not, and they keep getting knocked down, but it won't stop it. It won't stop it because this is an agenda. But it says doubling the CO2 will do nothing to increase long wave radiation from sky. It's a good piece uh, to show you how the earth cools, etc., which every school children should, should know. Actually, they used to know. You know, you taught that in school at one time. Uh, and what happens at night, too, is that the earth radiates it off, all the heat back off in outer space, etc. And this article, too, is another one here. I put this one by Martin Hertzberg. Estimates are made for the exchange of radio, radiative fluxes between the Earth's surface, atmosphere, and free space on the basis of their average thermal structure, etc., etc. I'll put this up tonight as well. But actually it says here uh, that, um, that the whole idea of, of again, this, this, these terms they give you, which have no meaning whatsoever, the greenhouse effect, this is the so-called green effects effect is basically um, it's, it's not even a reality. It's just a term that was coined up, this greenhouse effect. And parroted so many times, it has no meaning whatsoever. But it's parroted as though it's a real, real thing. You see, that's how that's how you run the world. There's cons that run the world. Last night too, I mentioned uh, uh, people who worked with Facebook and helped start it up are all leaving it in droves because of the cons that go on with Facebook, but also because they know it's totally getting monitored by all, all kinds of agencies. All your data is put up there and bought and sold. You're, you are bought and sold, basically. And um, and uh, she says, too, you have no life at all. She'd rather meet real people. It's isolating people uh, from meeting real people, you see. I mean, you're probably talking to sock puppets half the time anyway. And Monsanto GE Sweetcorn is to hit the Walmart shelves. 
This is like it or not, Monsanto's genetically modified sweet corn will soon be arriving on grocery store shelves of the world's largest retailer, Walmart Stores, Inc. and will not be labelled as such. It won't be labelled, see. Despite an onslaught of consumer pressure, the company confirmed late last week with the Chicago Tribune that it has no objection to selling the new crop of Monsanto's GM sweet corn. Other retailers, including the grocery chains Safeway and Kroger, have not responded on the issue. However, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's and General Mills have all vowed not to carry uh, or use the GE sweet corn. As the country's largest grocery retailer, Walmart sells $129 billion worth of food a year, giving it unmatched power in shaping the food supply chain. And see, that's true. All these big corporations... And the big agribusiness, the five guys, the corporations that control the world's food supply, they've got us all cornered. Because again, to get everyone on their knees, you use food and water. They used that in ancient times too. When you storm a city, you cut off all food coming in and all water as well. Old stuff. They always work so. Try to starve yourself for a little while and see how you feel. This article here is about... Um, the NDAA, it says, NDAA 2013, Congress approves domestic uh, deceptive propaganda. That's one of the articles here. But the article is about the fact that the White House has gone on record to say that President Barack Obama will veto the controversial cybersecurity bill known as CISPA, but the author of the act has his doubts that the commander-in-chief will keep that promise. But he's also got one on uh, to, to, uh, to do with the NDAA. And the White House wanted to go ahead and keep arresting people, be they American citizens or not, even under suspicion or whatever they charge you with. So it doesn't matter what the court rules, they're going ahead regardless. And this is an, uh, it's like Keystone Cops, you know. You understand, if you've read articles from the military and about the military and policing, you always keep the two separate. Because they have totally different jobs. The military is meant to kill. But you've had generations that say that raising video games, violent video games, where winners are important, having authority is important, and booting people around who don't have authority is important to them. That's their ego, you see. It supports this kind of ego. But you always keep the police separate because the police have got a different function. Now, it's very true when you go into the whole idea of serve and protect that the, 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 the police are there to self and serve and protect the corporation that employs them, and that, that is the government. And, and that's true when you, when you look at the meanings of serve and look into the official meanings of serve and protect. A guy sent me an article the other day, and it was quite, quite good. I'll try and find it, maybe put it up. But you can't mix the jobs of, of being military or police. You can't militarize the police or they become the military. And the same with the TSA as well, these goons that they hire. They're at, they even have ads on the back of fried chicken cartons and things to join it, because that, that's what they're aiming for, is the, the low morons. I mean, that's, that's what they aim for, folks. You know. But it says, TSA screeners lose women who tested positive for explosives and shuts down the airport. New York TSA screeners lost track of a woman who tested positive for explosives. They could probably have nail varnish, because it's made of nitro as well. It's a nitro stuff and allowed her to leave on a plane bound for Cleveland, Ohio. The woman was, uh, was with alleged explosives residue in her body, was never identified, and left the Cleveland airport before Ohio TSA agents realized what had happened. That's from the Daily Mail. Transportation Security Administration security failures caused dozens of flight delays and more than 100 flight cancellations as passengers waited for hours inside the airport as searches were conducted for the bag and identity of the mystery woman. 
The mystery woman had slipped through a TSA checkpoint at Terminal C after being flagged during a preliminary test for explosives. So she got away, meanwhile they shut down afterwards. When she, when she was she on a flight going elsewhere, they shut down the airport, still looking for her as well. So that's the kind of stuff you get when, when you kind of bring in these semi-police, semi-military authorities, and they're not really sure themselves what they are, but they'll act like, more like the military, like out to kill, as we've seen lots of uh, videos show as they bash folks' heads against walls and stuff. Again, the culture's kaput, is finished. The culture is, I mean, I've lived through a lot of it, I've seen it happening. I've, I've known why it's been happening too, each step of it. Very deliberate. Managed like any other war, just like all the geopolitical wars across the world that take 20, 30 years to do. I, I've lived through enough to, to, to see all done to the culture here. And step by step, as they said they would do, by the way. People like, uh, like Joan Huxley's brother. So they wrote about this a long time ago, how they destroy the culture in order to utterly, completely dominate it. Parkinson's disease suffer. Now, when you get Parkinson's disease, it paralyzes your facial muscles and other things. Who was 54 years old, held by police at Olympic cycling race because he was not smiling. He was suspicious because he wasn't smiling, right? And it says, um, a man with Parkinson's disease was arrested during the Olympics and questioned about why he was not smiling. Can you believe this? You couldn't put this kind of farce in, 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 in satire a few years back. You know, it would be unbelievable. Mark Worsfield, 54, a former soldier and martial arts instructor, says he was effectively detained for not enjoying himself shortly before cyclists passed through the Red House Park in Leatherhead, Surrey, on July the 28th. Mr. Worsfold, it's called Worsfold, Diagnosed with Parkinson's two years ago, suffers from muscle rigidity in his face, which means it's not obvious that he's smiling. A security police said his manner, his manner, state of dress and proximity to the course was causing concern. And the rest was necessary to avoid a breach of the peace as he was standing near a group of protesters. So he's very suspicious because he wasn't smiling. I guess they're supposed to smile when you're standing near the protesters. Mr. Worsfield said officers threw him from his vantage point. They threw him, yeah, and handcuffed him on the ground for not smelling. Detained at the Rygate police station for five hours, and his wife only found out where he was when he didn't turn up for his daughter's birthday party. He was now demanding a letter of exoneration from the police. He should do a lot more than that. Sue them, and he wouldn't be smiling either. By then it would go nowhere, wouldn't it? Back with more after this. I'm Alan Watt with Back, cutting through the Matrix and going through some stories to do with the degradation of the culture and you're seeing the effects on the people who've grown up in it, you see. Violent video games, a time of authority and badges and, and bullying people and it's all allowed, of course, it's promoted from the top as they train you to be subservient now, you see. Post-democratic, that's what they said at the Club of Rome, the big think tank for the United Nations. You're a post-democratic society. Actually, you never had democracy if you study the history of democracy itself, which most of you haven't. But here's another article here too. Cure TV's investigative units discovered Tacoma police used force to arrest and handcuff an innocent deaf woman after she called 9-11 for their help. I think she was robbed or something. 
Instead of an apology, she ended up bloody and in jail by the cops for nearly three days without an interpreter before a prosecutor declined to press charges. After months of digging, investigative reporter Chris Hasn found significant discrepancies in the the official police version of events leading up to LaShawn White's White's arrest, that's her name. I've got a train passing by me, by the way. Late in that evening on April the 6th, White said she called for police assistance after a guest reportedly attacked her in her own apartment. Deaf since birth, White used a special video-equipped phone connected to a TV and a web camera to call 911. A certified American Sign Language interpreter on the other end verbally relayed White's police for help to Tacoma Police Dispatcher. And she says, I'm hurry, they're beating me up, etc., etc. So anyway, the cops arrived and the usual things happened along the way and, and they ended up uh, blooding her and putting her in jail for a few days. All the usual stuff. I mean, there's just so many articles, you get so darn sick of them because they're everyday articles. Most of them never hit the paper, you know. And Another one to do is, is to do with this article here, and it's um, from the BBC. Oxford University rewrites its gender dress code. See, this is very important, you see, that all politicians, apparently, as all the, the world's going to hell in the handbasket, and, and the banks supposedly are, are all faltering on the brink of collapse, uh, then... It's most important that you go after gender-specific uh, things and make sure people are doing things in the, the gender-specific way for their particular preference. So the university students will no longer have to wear gender-specific academic clothing after concerns. It was unfair to the transgender community. Do you understand? Why would government be promoting and interfering in the way things are done anywhere to do with gender? Why is that? Is that government's job? Why have they made it them, their job? Think about that. There's something else big time going on, of course. And it says that uh, men can attend formal occasions in skirts and stockings, women in suits and bow ties, etc., etc. And I think I also mentioned that the fact that the banks were already also getting told to get ready um, for a possible bank collapse inside the U.S. I'll put that article up as well tonight because um, it's quite interesting. It was from um, Chicago Tribune. And it says, uh, U.S. regulators directed five of the country's biggest banks, including Bank of America Corps, Goldman Sachs Group, Inc., to develop plans for staving off collapse if they faced serious problems, emphasizing that the banks could not count on government help. Two-year-old programming, largely secret until now, is in addition to the living wills which the banks crafted to help regulators dismantle them if they actually do fail. It shows how hard regulators are working to ensure that banks have plans for worst-case scenarios and can act rationally in times of distress. But they can also all go up over to the Middle East and plunder the oil fields too as well and all that other stuff that they're up to. Anyway, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. God, your God, go with you.